Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you that your presence makes all the difference. That there's joy in your presence and freedom in your presence and healing and life and hope. And Father, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would move all over this room. Thank you that you know each person in here. You know each woman by name. And Father, I pray that you would meet people at their point of need. I pray that you would just come ever so close. Fill them with your hope. Fill them with your perspective. Let them know that you are with them. I pray for freedom. I pray for healing. I pray for vision to be restored. Lord, we just invite your presence to move in this space, in this moment, exactly as you want to. Would you move as you see fit? Father, would you help me to only say words that you want me to say? And would you give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I so appreciate the presence of God. It, it isn't this weighty everywhere that we go, so it's beautiful. I want to thank Chrissy and the team. Why don't you put your hands together for them? They've worked exceptionally hard uh, the last few days. And Chrissy, I know that you were walking out. I don't know if you can still hear me. I just felt like the Lord wanted to speak to you. I just, I just saw a picture of a magnet. Maybe come forward and I'll, I'll pray for you as well. I saw a picture of a magnet. And it was a huge magnet. And I just felt like the Lord was saying that you are attracting in this season everything that you've wanted. And I just get this impression that you know that you've had longings, desires, and they haven't been fulfilled in past seasons. But God's saying in this season, everything that you have been longing for is coming your way at speed. Um, and I also sense that, you know, um, it's not only coming to you, it's coming to the worship team. I feel it's something personal for you, but it's something for the, the worship team. So, Father, I thank you for Chrissy. I thank you for our heart after you. I thank you for her desire to go deep in the things of you, to usher in your presence through praise, through worship, through intimacy and longing. I thank you for her faithfulness. And right now, I thank you that you are revealing that this is a new season and a new day that she is stepping into. And everything that she has been longing for is about to come. Father, I pray that she would know that she has been patient, faithful, uh, that you are pleased with her, that you, your pleasure is over her, that you delight in her. And I thank you that you're going to use her as a, a doorway, as a dam that breaks into, into her life, into her family, but into this church as well. I just feel that you're significant. You're a significant dam breaker. And God is about to release in you and through you to the world around you. So, Father, I thank you, Father, that you are the God that fulfills our longings and our desires. And I pray that you bless Chrissy. I pray that we'd see that happening even within the next 24, 48 hours, Father, as all of your promises come to her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Now, part of what me and Steve have been uh, trying to do in the last few years with the Lord is, is live our lives from a place of listening to the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, it sounds very exciting, but it's ever so challenging and it messes up absolutely everything that we do. It messes up our daily activities. It messes up our nice, tidy messages. It messes up our, you know, our travel and our preaching plans because we are asking the Lord to give us wisdom and direction and he doesn't always give it when we want it. Uh, sometimes it's very last minute and, you know, we're, we're trying to get used to allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in us and through us. And we don't always get it right, but more than giving you a, a polished message in this session, I want us to be having our ears open to the Spirit. We want him to move. Uh, we don't need another clever message. Um, we need a touch from Jesus. And, and I pray that God would fill us all with a boldness to step out of our comfort zone and to listen to the Lord in every arena of our lives. You know, he knows best. And he's inviting us to know him better. It's, uh, I'll give you a little introduction of myself. Uh, it's a real privilege to be here with you. So I'm Esther, married to Steve. We'll be married 26 years uh, this month. Um, and we have four grown children. And I think uh, Lexi's got some photos. So I don't know whether those photos are going to go up. We've got a picture of our family this Christmas. So we've got four older children. Our eldest daughter, Bethany, sitting at the front, is married to Thomas. And we have a beautiful granddaughter, Talitha. And uh, yeah, I have so much fun with her. Um, she is really the highlight of my life at the moment. And so really, really grateful to her. But you know, having children is, is a reason to pray, isn't it? There's so much to pray about when we have children. And I just want to start by saying we can trust God with our children. We can trust him with our children. He's trustworthy and he loves them more than we ever could. And I love our kids so much and I'm so proud of them. Not because they're perfect, but because they're mine. Because I love them. Because I'm with them and I'm for them and I'm cheering them on. And I believe that, you know, God loves you as ladies, not because you're perfect. He loves you because you're his. You belong to him. And I think that's important that you hear that um, this lunchtime. Quite a few of you have been asking me about our daughter, Sophia. Uh, last year when I was here, I was telling you the testimony of how she was about to have surgery. There's another picture of her that I think Lexi can show. Um, and this is a picture of Sophia the summer before last and then last summer. So she has something called Cushing's syndrome for many years that wasn't diagnosed very quickly, which was caused by a, um, a tumor on her pituitary gland at the bottom of her, her brain. And so she had to have surgery last January and it was a really testing time for her. And uh, she lost lots of hair and she just knew so many horrible symptoms. But I want to say thank you to you for your prayers. That surgery was successful, um, but I know that there was a lot of prayer that went into that as well. And so her healing journey has been miraculous. And she sent us um, uh, a letter from the hospital, even while we've been here in the States, just saying everything was clear. And she's off all medication, which is an absolute miracle. And we praise God. And I just think it's important to share testimonies because in somebody's testimony, there's a seed for somebody else's testimony. So as you're believing for a healing breakthrough for either your child or a family member, why don't you grab hold of that and say, Lord, thank you that you did that. And would you do it for, uh, for this person that I'm believing for as well? Um, God is really um, encountering our children. And I have got a message for you, and I hope I'll get to it. And I do know that we finish it too. So I will definitely be finished on time, even if I don't get to my message. But um, yeah, I just was feeling throughout this morning the phrase that God has got our children. 
God has got our children. So I, I'll stay here a little bit longer and labor it a little bit more. I just feel, you know, that um, God answers our prayers for our children. And I want to encourage you to pray for them about everything all of the time. <laughs> You know, um, our children at home have been really encountering God, and it was great to hear, I think it was Kirsten saying yesterday, that one of her children had been encountering God. But when we pray for them to encounter God, he does encounter them. And this has surprised me. I am so surprised at how God is beginning to answer our prayers. When our son Joel left home um, to go away and work in, in a place called Wales, um, he, he loved Jesus, but he hadn't really got a regular kind of reading rhythm and uh, Bible reading plan. And so I was praying, Lord, I don't know whether we've sown enough into him. He's left the house and I need him to encounter you. And me and Steve seriously began to pray for him every week. Lord, would you visit him? Would you give him encounters, dreams, visions, calling out his destiny? He was out of our reach, but never out of God's reach. And uh, we, we were amazed a few months later when he started to ring us and tell us stories about how God would visit him in his bedroom and he would begin to feel the call of God to just walk away from his friends and spend time reading his Bible. And he's been having dreams and encounters. And uh, God's actually changed his whole direction for his life. And he says now he wants to go out on the mission field. And, uh, but I just see that God is faithful when we pray for our children. God has got your child. God has got your children. God has got your family as you trust him. We had an incredible message from our daughter, Sophia. Uh, she's really burning with a passion for seeing people saved at the moment. And last week she was on the streets and she saw one lady saved. And it was incredible testimony. She sent us the, uh, a text message through late one night last week just to say uh, she'd been walking the streets and praying. And the Lord really put this one lady on her heart. So she, she walked past and then she walked back because she wanted to be obedient. And in talking to this lady, the lady said, you know what, this evening I was contemplating taking my life and so if he was able to share the whole gospel with her with a friend and and take her to church the next the next morning and uh, the the next day Sophie sent me this text message and it just moved me she put in this text message feeling alive bold and free today I didn't wear makeup or check social media because my heart was burning for Jesus and for him alone you have to understand that because what Sophie's been through, she's really struggled with um, scarring on her face. And so makeup's been important. So for, even for her to text and say, I didn't even put makeup on today. You can tell that God's doing a deep work in her life. But she put, fear of man is falling away. God is changing me from the inside out. He is awakening my soul and calling me to something greater. He is changing my desires. All I want is him. All I need is Jesus. I can't focus on my lectures. My heart is burning for the lost. I wipe away tears as I'm walking to university, encountering his presence, and I'm wondering if my tutor knows Jesus. I never want to lose this passion and fire that started. I want to be refined and used for his kingdom. I want to say God has got our children. God has got our children. You know, when we left home to come to America, I said, God, I'm coming to America. But your word says, seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and everything else will be added. And I don't want my family, my church uh, to suffer because of what I'm doing. I'm going to give you everything and be radically obedient. But please, would you take care of my kids? Would you do immeasurably more in them through their lives than I could ever imagine? And, you know, sometimes when we take our hands off, 
That's when God puts his hands on our children. So maybe we just take a moment, we just close our eyes and and let's just pray. I don't know what your needs are for your family, what you're believing for, salvation or a prodigal to come back. But let's just bring those requests before the Lord right now. Thank you, God, that you love us. Thank you that you love our children more than we could ever love them. And Lord, we say right now, we trust you with them. We give them to you. And we choose to seek first your kingdom. And I pray right now for a release of encounters over our children, dreams, visions, an outpouring of your spirit like you promised for the last days. Would you pour out your spirit on all flesh, on the most wayward Right now, in this very moment, at this very hour, we pray for visitations. We pray that our children would remember what we have said. They would remember who they are in you. They would encounter a believer. They would have a dream. They would have a vision. Right now, Father, we're praying by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you bring our children back into a place of burning uh, passion for you, Jesus? We refuse to let them go. But Father, we trust them into your care and we're asking that you would do incredible things in and through them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I simply want to, in the next few moments, extend an invitation to you to a greater intimacy with Jesus. I believe there is more to our relationship with Jesus than any of us have ever walked in. There is more. And he is inviting us to know him better. And it's a very simple message that I have for us today. And I've entitled it, Chosen for Intimacy. Hosea 6 verse 3 says, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to you like the winter rains that water the earth. I have found that when we acknowledge him, he comes close to us. And I want to read to us from uh, Ephesians 1. And and I encourage you, as we don't have much time, as homework maybe, to read through Ephesians chapter 1. Maybe every day for the next week and allow God's word to wash over you. And to remember this title as we read it, you are chosen, chosen for intimacy. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, 
verse 11, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who, was, who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You are chosen. There are so many great phrases and words in, that, in those few verses that I read. But you are chosen, that passage says. You are adopted. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. You are marked in him. You are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And if nothing else from what I say stands with you as you leave here, I want you to remember that you are chosen by God, that you are loved by him. You know, as women, we can sometimes stumble and struggle over identity and self-worth and all of these things. And I just felt as I came up uh, here to speak that God was saying, let's draw a line today. Let's step over that line. Let's leave some of the enemy's lies behind and let's choose to believe God's word concerning us. You are chosen. God chose you. You know, as a mom, it hurts me when my children don't believe in themselves because I believe in them. I remember um, one of our sons having a chat with me at Christmas and he was talking in front of some friends and he said, um, mom, they're really clever, not like me. And immediately rose up in me. I said, no, 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 you're, you're clever. And he said, no, no. He said, no, I'm not clever like they're clever. I'm not gifted like they're gifted. And I said, no, I wouldn't let it go because there was something in me that rose up and I said, no, you are clever and you are gifted and you have got a plan and a purpose. And I want to say, you know, sometimes we disqualify ourselves and we think, yeah, I know you're saying that, Esther. I'm loved. I'm chosen. <laughs> but I know my weaknesses. I know my flaws. And God's saying, no, I want you to get rid of that, um, that, uh, that apology, that, that um, thing that you bring up and recognize that I love you and that I call you and that I choose you. In the Passion Translation, uh, Ephesians 1.11 says, Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. You know, God will accomplish what he wants to accomplish for you concerning your life. God claims you. God has a plan for you. God is able to complete that which he has begun in your life. Um, our youngest son has always had a fascination uh, with rubbish and things we've been throwing out the house, things that are broken. He wants to take them, collect them, make something out of them. And I've learned over the years to just let him get on with it because now I know he sees something I don't see. I remember coming home before Christmas and there was this huge car part on the drive. He's 17 now. And I was like, oh no, what is that there for? And he goes, mom, this is awesome. I'm going to make something fantastic. And he brings this big, greasy, broken car park into the house. And uh, he brings me over and he says, look at it. And he explains, this is going to be like this part of it. And I'm going to make this incredible kind of robot, I think it was. And uh, he said, can you see it? And I'm like, 
do you know what? I can't see it, but I, I, I trust you because I know that you have made great things out of broken things. And you know, when God looks at our lives, he doesn't see the brokenness. He sees potential. And we might say, oh, I've been used, abused, broken. There's nothing you could do with my life. And God says, no, I choose you. Now I can turn you into something for my glory. And I pray that God would help us to see ourselves as he sees us and to have his heart for ourselves and for those around us. When, my, when I see rubbish, our son sees treasure. And God sees treasure in the brokenness in your life. But I just want to say that you are valuable and you are worthy and you are seen and you are not alone and you are loved. You are a daughter of the King. And I want us to break the lies of the enemies. You know, for so, for so many years, I struggled with low self-esteem, believing the enemy's lies, rehearsing the enemy's lies. I, I mean, I thought the Lord say something to me when I was sitting there. I was like, I wasn't going to be that vulnerable, Lord. Um, but I'll say it because I want to be obedient. You know, when, when we first got married, I had so many issues. Uh, I had an eating disorder. I wouldn't eat all day. I would binge and then make myself, try and make myself sick on a night. I so hated myself because of certain things that had happened in my life. And it took me a while to come through all of that. And I thought, I'm going to ruin my life. And not only me, I'm going to ruin Steve's life and Steve's ministry and my children. I'm going to ruin everybody's life. It's better off if I'm not here. And you know, these lies went round and round and round. And one day I had to come to the place where I said, okay, Steve chose me. So therefore, I must be the right person for him. And God chose me. And therefore, he must have a plan for me. And I'm going to stop. I've got to stop this cycle by the help of the Holy Spirit. And with the help of other people, as well as um, the help of the Holy Spirit, God has, has set me free. But I believe that God wants the enemy's lies to be broken. You might have been told that you're not good enough, that you're average, that you're a failure. But I want to say you are enough because the God who is more than enough lives inside of you. You know, when the enemy comes with his lies, we need to have something that rises up in us to say, no, he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. And I cannot fail because my God cannot fail and he lives within me. And so if I say all of that, just to see one person in this room say, okay, I'm, I'm going to let go then of all of this rubbish and I'm going to move into the new and I'm going to see who God wants me to be and I'm going to confess who God says I am and I'm going to change. I loved what Haley said about, you know, changing uh, the course of her children, the generations because of her decision to follow Christ. You know, now what she had to go through won't, ha won't have to be her son's experience. And, you know, I didn't want my children's experience to be my experience. And by God's grace, he can intervene when we partner with him and we say, I'm not going to believe the enemy's lies anymore. I'm going to believe who you say I am. So I want to say you were born on purpose and for a purpose. And you are pursued by God. You know, in, in a conference like this, we often, we come hungry and we come wanting to pursue Jesus. But the truth is he is pursuing us. He wants us more than we want him. I remember our youngest son, when he was younger, he would walk around the house all the time. And this one particular time, I kept stopping and saying, Judah, what do you want? And he's like, nothing. 
And then I'd keep going. He'd still follow me right by me. And I'd be like, what is it? What would you like? And And he just said, I just want you. His name's Judah, and I believe that the line of the tribe of Judah is following you. And if we will only stop and not be impatient and say, God, what is it you want? I believe his response is, I just want you. God is inviting us deeper. He wants us to believe what he says about us. Just like it hurts me when my kids don't believe what I say over them, it hurts God when we don't believe what he says about us. He made us. He knows us. And he has a plan and a purpose for us. Something Steve's always told me not to do. Don't look at your watch. Everybody look at their watch. I'm just making sure. We're chosen to know him better. In Ephesians uh, 1 and verse 15, maybe from verse 17, Paul prays for the church in Ephesus, the church that loved God, the church born in revival. He prays this prayer for them in verse 17 of chapter 1. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul, his prayer for the Ephesus church, he keeps asking, what do you keep praying for this church, Paul? He keeps praying, Lord, would you give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they may know you better? Lord, would you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better? He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. We've been chosen, chosen for intimacy with Jesus. And I believe we've been chosen for three things. Chosen to know him better. Chosen to know the hope of our calling. And chosen to know his incomparably great power. He's inviting us today to know him better. That the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. That we might know the hope to which he has called us. You know, the the calling that he has for us is full of hope. And then his incomparably great power for us who believe incomparably great power. The same as that that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. The power to see healings and salvations, but the power to overcome sin and to break cycles and to be set free into all that God has got for us. And God's plan for your life is bigger than your own plan for your life. We discover the intimacy that God is desiring for us in the place of prayer, in the place of God's word, and in community. And I just want to pause and pray for a moment. Father, thank you that you are inviting us deeper. You're inviting us to know you better. 
And we want to. And I pray, Father God, that you give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation right now in this atmosphere, Father God, to see you, to know you, to desire you. Fill us with hope, the hope of the calling that we have. And help us to understand the incomparably great power that is available for us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to encourage us to know who we are, to respond to the invitation to intimacy, and to have a posture of humility and a posture of prayer. We believe that the thing that has changed our life most in the last two years has been a commitment to prayer. And if it's one thing that you take away from here, I'd love you to make a fresh commitment to pray. Because prayer changes everything. Prayer changes us. Prayer changes our marriages, our children, our family, our churches, our situation, our destiny. The destiny of our neighborhoods and the cities where we live. And I realized over the last few years that we can either worry about everything or we can pray about everything. It's what Jesus said to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. There are so many times when I'm filled with anxiety and I sit at the feet of Jesus and suddenly I'm filled with a hope. I'm filled with perspective and a a courage to enter into all that God has got for us. Uh, I'll quickly touch our journey in the place of prayer. Over the last couple of years, when when COVID hit, there was so much change for everybody in the world. But um, we used to run a 24-7 prayer hub in our church building. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we had people coming in on two hours, slots, a rotor. And in COVID, it all went online straight away. And so I would do a couple of two-hour slots in a week, and Steve would do a couple of two-hour slots, but we didn't do them together. And if you asked us, did we pray as a married couple, I'd say, yeah, we pray as a married couple. But um, we'd never committed to pray for a a lengthy time and a regular time. And uh, COVID hit, and so um, I said to Steve one morning, oh, I'll join you for your prayer hours. And then he said, I'll join you for your prayer hours. And then I said, you know what, I feel challenged that how about Monday to Friday, uh, just for one week, we do two hours of prayer every morning together. And I said to him, I know that's not sustainable. I know that's not, you know, that's not practical when we all go back to work and everything. But let's just do it because we're at home and we can do it. But what started to happen was this incredible invitation to intimacy that I never knew existed. As we started to pray together, our marriage started to change, our family started to change. God started to speak to us like we've never heard him before. And the more we prayed, the more we realized we needed to pray. And that week turned into two, turned into three, and then then it's just grown. And we don't think that we have arrived. We now feel like we are scratching the surface. Because when you start to pray, you realize how proud you are to be prayerless. And how much we need God. And as we began to pray and have a fresh commitment in the place of prayer, we began to know a grace come upon us, our marriage, our family, our church, like we have never experienced. And prayer is a culture that you can have that you pass down. You know, we are blessed to have praying parents that pray for hours and hours every week. And now we're seeing our own children praying for hours and hours every week. You see, when we become a person of prayer, other people catch that culture. 
And it's that culture which I believe is attracting God to move amongst us in a powerful way back in Wolverhampton. And I want to encourage us to pray. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Recognizing our poverty of spirit. That was the biggest shock to me that I was so proud to think I could get through a moment, an hour, a day without asking for God's help. And I love what has been said of of this morning about those short breath prayers. Because we've been doing that without even knowing, Lord, help me. Lord, hold my heart steady. Lord, give me wisdom. I don't know what to do here. Would you help me? Inviting him into every single conversation that we have brings his lordship and his leadership into absolutely every arena of our lives. And so I want to say we need to create time and space to pray and challenge us that intimacy, the invitation to intimacy, isn't just um, about getting to know God better. It's, It's about having routines and rhythms in our lives to cultivate an intimacy. It's about making a decision and reordering our manner of life so that we welcome his presence into everything that we do. One thing we do in all of our staff meetings, any time we gather, we have a culture now where we say, let's just pray. Just an awareness that we need God right now. We need God's wisdom right now. You know, me and Steve still have date nights, even though we've been married for 26 years. And some people say to us, why do you have a date night? You live together, you do everything together. But it's a moment when you can sit there with each other and you can say, how are you feeling? Um, this is what I'm thinking, what's on your heart? You can look at each other. You're not just talking about everything you need to do. You are gazing at one, one another and you're cultivating love. And I believe that God is inviting us into that intimate relationship where we will carve out space to sit at his feet, not to tell him everything that we need, like that funny video that we saw at the beginning, but just say, Lord, what are you feeling? What are you sensing? What's on your heart? I really won't say much more, but I really do believe that we need to prioritize prayer. Jesus had a time, a place, and a plan, and I want to encourage you. We need to have a plan if we want to be a people of prayer. We need a time, a place, and a plan. Jesus, very early in the morning, got up, left the house where he was staying, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Where is your time? Where is your solitary place? What is your plan? You know, for us, for me, it's, it's morning. That has got to be the first place I go. Seek him first. And uh, a solitary place. Just go into your room. Shut the door, Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer. And, and the Father will see what's done in secret and he'll reward you. And a plan. We, we pray the scripture. It's the most powerful way to pray. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray his will before my will. We say, our Father, it's relational. Hallowed be your name. We worship you. And so I just want to invite you to to ask the Lord, what is it that I can do in the place of prayer? And one of the things we're challenging people with everywhere we go is to have an extraordinary prayer life. And it simply means an ordinary prayer life with a little bit extra. So what is your ordinary prayer life? Maybe you don't pray at all. Well, then maybe you can have an extraordinary prayer life by just praying for five minutes every day. Maybe you pray for an hour a week. Why don't you make it two hours a week? That could be your extraordinary prayer. Or just it could be length of time or it could be the quality of of worship and giving of your heart. But I believe that as we create space, God will fill it. And we want revival to come. 
But it comes as we become a people of prayer who usher it in by asking for him to move. And I just want to encourage us that a lifestyle of prayer rooted in God's word is what brings clarity, wisdom, understanding, peace, God's divine assistance. It brings transformation. It gives us courage. It brings us provision. And it gives us the intimacy and the hope and the power that we read about in Ephesians. So my time has gone, but maybe you could stand to your feet and we'll pray together. And if there's anything there that I've said, I've said it very jumbled, but I pray the Holy Spirit will take whatever you need deep into your heart. And I pray for transformation. I pray that we would be changed to become more like Jesus. I'm reminded that one one summer, our daughter lost a music book. And uh, she told me at the beginning of the summer, I really need that music book. And I said, well, it's probably in the front room where we keep other things, musical instruments and things. And she went in and looked and came out and said, no, it's not there. And she asked me the same question every week of the summer holiday. I need that book. And I said, go and look for it. It's probably in the front room. And every time she went in, she came out. And the night before she needed the book, she asked me the same question. And I said, why don't you go and look in the front room? And this time she was in there longer, but she came out with a book. And I realized, you know, that sometimes it's only when it's urgent. It's only when we're desperate that we meet with him. He's there all the time. He's waiting for us, longing for us. And so, Father, we pray that you put an urgency in our spirits to know you. Thank you that you call us, that you love us. And I pray of each one that the truth of your word would penetrate deep into their hearts, that they would know that they are chosen and loved, that you have a plan and a purpose. And I break every lie of the enemy over people's lives. And I thank you that you have a powerful destiny and a plan for your daughters. And I pray that as a result of today, we would stand taller. And we would believe what you say concerning us. And we wouldn't disqualify ourselves any longer by the past. Thank you that we're not who others say we are. We are who you say we are. And we choose to align ourselves today. And thank you that we're loved by you, called by you, chosen by you. And you will complete that which you've started in our lives. And I simply pray for us, Lord, what Paul prayed. Would you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better? Would you open the eyes of our heart that we might know the hope to which we are called? And would we know the incomparably great power that is ours when we believe? Father, we love you. We want to be changed by you. And I pray for strength and courage to enter each and every heart this afternoon. May we never be the same. As we step out of here, would you give us a hunger for you, a hunger to read your word, a hunger for prayer. And Lord, this week as we seek you, I pray that we'd find you. Thank you that that's the promise in your word, that when we seek you with all of our hearts, we will find you. And I pray that you would change our lives, change our marriages, change our children, change our churches, change our communities as we seek first your kingdom. May we be bold, God-filled women 
who love you with everything. Fill us with your courage by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray. And do immeasurably more in and through our lives than we can ever imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, ladies.